Welcome to the She's Marked Podcast. I'm Hannah, and I'm honored to be your host along this journey to stronger faith, holiness, emotional restoration and healing, and deliverance for the millennial woman. Join me as we press toward unpacking the heavy luggage of our hearts in pursuit of a life that is distinct, set apart, and built on the practical foundation of God's truth. She is walking in power. She is walking in freedom. Without a doubt, all will know that she's marked. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Happy December. At the time that this episode airs, we will be just a few days outside of the new year. So today we're gonna really be taking a deep look within as we approach our new year, just checking our mindsets and our heart sets. And the title of today's episode is The Knocking at the Door. So what inspired today's episode was or is a book that I am reading, a book that my husband actually purchased for me And it's entitled, A Woman's Guide to Spiritual Warfare by Quinn Scherer, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, and Ruthann Garlock. And so I want to read a little bit from that book to give you all context on part of what I will be talking about today. So the name of this section is The Breastplate of Righteousness, and the author goes on to explain a little bit about what the breastplate of righteousness, well, what the breastplate, first of all, what the breastplate is or what it was on a soldier back in these biblical times. So the breastplate was a piece of armor, and I'm reading, the breastplate was a piece of armor that protected the soldier's heart and other vital organs. Today's equivalent would be the bulletproof vest. It was fastened to the girdle or belt, so it was held securely in place. Just as the ancient soldier knew it was critical for these two pieces of armor to be joined, it is important for us to remember that truth and righteousness always go together. Righteousness simply means right action, uprightness, or conformity to the will of God. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life, advised Solomon in Proverbs 4, verses 23. Satan often tempts us to compromise our standard of righteousness with such arguments as, but it's for a good cause or no one will ever know. The enemy knows that if we compromise the truth and accept his lies, he will gain a foothold in our lives. So I'm gonna end quote, I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. Okay, this is a good one too. William Gurnall wrote, Righteousness and holiness are God's protection to defend the believer's conscience from all wounds inflicted by sin. Your holiness is what the devil wants to steal from you. He will allow a man to have anything or be anything rather than be truly and powerfully holy. So then the author goes on to give um, an example of a situation where she was compromising in a personal relationship. And this struck a chord with me because I recently found myself in these very shoes. I'm going to go back to reading. Ruth is a friend who left her government job because she heard God's call to full-time missions work. But when she arrived on the field, she found that her senior missionary was misusing funds. Ruth had a dilemma. Should she quietly excuse this behavior? Or should she stand on principle and risk her friendships, her own credibility, and her future in missions? 
Ruth did the latter for one big reason. She wanted to please God more than she wanted to please people. It was a very difficult time. Some of my friends thought I was just getting into a power struggle. But I knew that to compromise on this issue to please people would mean displeasing God. Nothing is worth that. I left that organization but continued working in mission and God met all my needs. This is the part, uh, coming out of the quotes now, this is Hannah talking. This is the part that really, really stuck out to me and it struck a chord with me. And she says, going back to the reading now, the Lord helped me to forgive that woman and then I locked it out with love so the enemy couldn't keep bringing the struggle back. Bringing the struggle back. Bringing the struggle back. How many times have we had a situation happen the situation comes to an end, but we find ourselves struggling mentally, emotionally. We may ruminate. It may create anxiety in us. It may create anger days after it's happened, months even, maybe even years. The enemy has a field day with our minds because he continues to bring the struggle back. I love that part, locking it out with love, because yes, we do have to sometimes create boundaries, and we'll talk more about that in just a second. But I love that she said she did it with love so that the enemy would not basically keep bringing it back and it would then become a struggle. That becomes, without that love piece, our hearts, our minds become a breeding ground for seeds of resentment and anger and pride and bitterness and pain. I have lived that. But the locking it out with love, so recognizing that it was something that needed to be locked out, but doing it the Christ-like way and doing it with love, that is powerful. My question to you as you close out this year and you enter into a new year, what do you need to lock out in love? not with a grudge or residue, not with resentment or gossip or tension or ruminating or any of the other tempting things that tend to happen. This reminds me of a very common term that we use a lot today, and that is called boundaries. But I like what the author said here, locking it out in love. I feel that a lot of times when we speak of boundaries or maybe even when we take into consideration what we mean, or how we come to define setting boundaries, it seems like there is a sort of cutting off a high and dry and maybe with the feelings that come with it. You know, uh, what do we used to say? Feeling some type of way. So I love the biblical turn on this in doing everything with love, but understanding that at times we do have to lock the door in order to maintain a standard of holiness and righteousness. That Those are the two things that the enemy wants to steal from us, holiness and righteousness. So he will tempt us to compromise in those two areas. We might have to, Cut the strings with meaningless things. That's one of my quotes. Cutting the strings with meaningless things or cutting the strings with unfruitful things or cutting the strings with compromising things or compromising people. Being intentional and even militant to a degree on guarding your heart, your mind, your time, your will. So I ask you to evaluate the areas that may be vulnerable to compromise and people pleasing. Some relationships will need to be confronted 
addressed, assessed, and maybe even some relationships will require you locking the door with love. The point that I want to emphasize here is that people-pleasing means displeasing God. Proverbs 29:25 says that the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Another translation reads, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Another scripture, Galatians 1:10 says, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Isaiah 2:22 says, Stop regarding man in whose nostrils is breath, for of what account is he? And John 7:24 says, Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. So some questions to ponder. Am I compromising? In what ways am I compromising? What am I choosing to overlook and why? Is this relationship or connection bringing me further to God or further away? If I'm stuck in a trend of people-pleasing, what is driving this need? Is it fear, the need for acceptance, approval, companionship, relevance? I truly believe that as we enter this new year and we pick up the new assignments that the Lord has for us, especially if we are interested in progressing and growing in our faith, it's gonna be critical to identify peacemakers, peace breakers, and peace fakers. And I actually got that from a blog that I was reading from a biblical counseling website. And it was a post that talked about peacemakers, peace breakers, and peace fakers. And I do wanna say this is not, please don't use this, um, personal assessment that you do as a time to condemn or judge or like, you know, go down your list and, and start labeling people. I think the most important work that we can do is internal work because the only people that we truly have control over is ourselves. So as you're doing this evaluation and you're identifying your circles, the peacemakers, the peace breakers, the peace fakers, the doors that need to be shut or locked with love, you're not doing it so much as to condemn other people, but you're doing it to keep yourself in alignment and walking in obedience. Remember, we're striving for righteousness and holiness in this new year. I want to reference a few quotes that I found online concerning the fear of man. And this is gonna be really helpful for you if you find yourself struggling with fear of man. The first quote says, fear of man is the enemy of the fear of the Lord. The fear of man pushes us to perform for man's approval rather than according to God's directives. That is from Paul Chapel. The next quote says, the remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. And that is from Oswald Chambers. The last quote that I found that I really liked says, it is only the fear of God that can deliver us from the fear of man. And that's from John Witherspoon. As I mentioned briefly earlier, I had a situation uh, where I realized after some time that I had been compromising in and I wasn't compromising in any significant way. In fact, it was those little tiny cracks that were, I realized were on the surface where 
if I heard something, I wouldn't immediately address it or I would try to give the benefit of the doubt or I would just hope that eventually it would just disappear. And I kept feeling nudged. I kept feeling that quickening. That's the Holy Spirit. Uh, Every time this particular individual and this particular thing happened, it would just trouble me. Even if I tried to overlook it or give the benefit of the doubt, like, okay, you know, they, they don't really know, or I'll let it slide this time. It was creating tension in me because I wasn't being authentic. And I recognized that in this relationship, in order for it to work, I had to be inauthentic. I had to overlook certain things. I had to stay quiet and not be fully truthful in in terms of what I knew to be true based on God's word. So the challenge here is to really assess the direction that you are heading in spiritually. I believe that this is going to be a year where we have to take it a step further. It can be very tempting to coast spiritually and kind of just feel like, all right, if I'm doing the bare minimum, there's nothing else that I need to do. But we know that the Lord wants us to grow. He wants us to go from spiritual milk to spiritual food, spiritual meat and potatoes. We know that he wants us to go from glory to glory. He wants us to mature and to grow in our walk. So there are going to be certain things that are going to be required of us. Part of that is not being unequally yoked. And in order to do that, in order to lock those doors, knowing which doors to lock with love, knowing what situations we need to confront and address, we really have to be one with the Holy Spirit. We have to be abiding, spending time in prayer, fasting, taking time out to study God's word and bring those situations before him. Lord, what situations in my life are causing me to compromise? What are those things that are knocking at the door of my heart? Even aside from the doors that we have to close with love, there are other things that are standing outside of the door that are knocking to get in. Maybe it's emotions that threaten, bitterness that threatens, invaders of our peace, intrusions, interruptions and disruptions. Maybe it's stealers and hijackers, spiritual warfare. Maybe it's redundant, repetitive lies from the enemy, assaults on our minds. Maybe it's sluggishness, maybe it's spiritual lethargy. It could be so many different things. It could be the busy demands of our daily life that are knocking to take precedence in our hearts to consume us and to preoccupy us and to exhaust us. Those things need to stay on the other side of the door. I guess the most important knocking at the door that we should focus on and that I want to close with is the knocking at the door that we read about in the book of Revelation. So I'm gonna close by reading this passage taken from Revelation chapter three. Depending on where you are as you listen to this podcast, feel welcome to go grab your Bibles and open up. It's a little lengthy, but it is so worth it as we close with this super powerful evaluation on a message, Jesus's message to the churches. And it reads, starting at verses three, so Revelation chapter three, verses three. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds 
that you have a name, that you are alive, and yet you are dead. Be constantly alert and strengthen the things that remain which were about to die. For I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. So remember what you have received and heard, and keep it and repent. Then if you are not alert, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who overcomes will be clothed the same way, in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life, and I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. The one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, says this, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut, because you have a little power and have followed my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not but lie, I will make them come and bow down before your feet and make them know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word of perseverance, I also will keep you from the hour of the testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold firmly to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it anymore. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. The one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The Amen, the faithful and true witness, the origin of the creation of God, says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have no need of anything, and you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and I salve to apply to your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. 
the one who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne as I overcame and sat with my father on his throne. The one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. End quote. As I mentioned before, this is Jesus speaking. As we come to the close of one year and are on the brink of another, I challenge you to evaluate which of these categories you might fall into. Is it the message to Sardis? Is it the message to Philadelphia? Is it the message to the church in Laodicea? Where does your heart fall? And I absolutely love verses 20 where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens, I'll come into him and dine with him and he will dine with me. So as there are certain things that from the inside out, we have to lock them out with love. As there are other things on the outside of the doors of our heart knocking to get in, to defile and to corrupt and to upset and to frustrate. There is also the Lord Jesus who is standing at the door and knocking. My sister who might not be saved, who might be standing on the fence, who might be feeling a nudge. Maybe you felt a nudge for a while. Maybe there are questions coming to your mind, questions that you want to explore. Who is this God? Who is this King of Kings? Who is this Savior? Who is this Jesus? He stands at the door and knocks. The word says to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. The word also says that God is not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jesus came to this earth. He took on our sins and died a gruesome death that you and I deserved. And he did it so that we would be able to repent and confess and come in and dine with him. If you literally believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you recognize the error of your ways, that you are lost without Jesus, if you recognize that the only way to God is through Jesus, if you make a choice, a conscious decision that will be probably an everyday decision to repent and turn from sin, to turn from those ways that are compromising and jeopardizing, those ways that are contradictory to God's word, those ways that are out of alignment, and you choose to become a friend of God, a servant of God, then this is the year to do it. If you have not done that before, this is the year to step higher. This is the year to fulfill that assignment. He stands at the door and knocks. And that is the most relevant, most important knocking at the door of anyone's heart. How will you respond to the call in 2022? And what situations, because of you opening the door to Jesus, what do you need to close the door on? and lock with love. Ladies, that is it for today. A happy, happy, happy new year to you. See you all next year.